You're listening to audio from St. Luke Church in Lexington, Kentucky. If you'd like to learn more or donate to this ministry, please check out our website at stlukelex.com. Wow, I can't believe, as we've already said, that this is the end of 2023. And it has been an interesting journey this last year for me and maybe perhaps for all of you as well. See, what I come to understand is my life isn't just my life. My life is a journey, and it's a journey with God. And so this morning, I'd like to share with you a little bit, as you think about your journey, a journey that I've had and still continue to have with the Lord God Almighty. So I'll begin at the beginning. On December 24th of 1968, I was 14 years old. It was a Christmas Eve. And the beautiful thing about that Christmas Eve night is that there was a mission called Apollo 8 that were, had the astronauts of Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders reading and li- to a listening world the 10 verses from the book of Genesis creation story as they orbited the moon. These astronauts were the first humans to leave the Earth's orbit and fly to the moon. And they were the first to see the Earth from afar on this Christmas Eve night. And if you look and see, Bill Anders took this incredible photo of the Earth rising above the moon's surface. You see, what was so spectacular about that for the whole, all of us was that we had never seen the Earth from space. We knew what it looked like around us, but we'd never seen it from afar. And, and even though you guys have probably seen these pictures time and time again, isn't it beautiful to see? It was beautiful. It had swirling clouds and oceans of blue, and it was especially beautiful in the midst of the emptiness of space. Excitement welled up in all of us, especially us young people, for we could see the future before us, that space would become our final frontier. But those swirling clouds hid from view a world at war with itself. In the 1960s alone, the United States was plagued by race riots, protests, Jesus freaks, peace movement, Vietnam War, Cold War, three assassinations in which one was a president, and newspapers declaring that God was dead. What seemed so peaceful from afar that night was a lie. But for just that moment, looking at the earth rise over the moon's surface and listening to the astronauts reading Genesis, It seemed as if the world was meant to have what it looked like from afar, peace and serenity. This photo was in all the newspapers, and it sparked discussions. Even in my neighborhood, the adults were talking back and forth at the wonder of this earth, but then they said this most incredible statement that I'll never forget. Well, if God is really real, why isn't he hovering over the earth? I don't see him. And in listening to that, and where my family didn't go to church, I wondered, is there a God? And if so, is God with us? No one around me could answer that question. So for me, I knew very little about God as a child and even growing up through my adult life. My family had tough times, and my parents were overwhelmed physically, 
mentally and financially from having four children born within less than two years. One night in the summer of 1960, when I was six years old, I was overwhelmed with the feelings of loneliness, fear of what was happening in my family, and feeling very unloved. And I remember as I laid in that bed, surrounded by all these emotions and not knowing what to do with them, I began to think about my grandmother, who died when my dad was 15 years of age. And I wondered, did she know I was here? Did she see me? Am, am I not alone? And as I looked up into the ceiling of my bedroom, and my tears were falling from my eyes, all of a sudden, I felt a presence surrounding me. And I wasn't afraid. I just felt comforted. All I know was, I was not alone. And I didn't want it to end. So as I laid there, I came to find out very often that these feelings would come to me. And throughout my growing years, when I felt these way, I would look up into the sky or the ceiling of my bedroom, and I would relive that night again. And I asked myself, was this God with me? In time, I found some answers in the Old Testament book of Genesis. In the beginning, aren't those incredible words? In the beginning are the first words of the incredible story of God's love for all of creation and the specialist relationship he desired with us, the humans he created. So intimate was this relationship that God was offering, he actually breathed in the nostrils of uh, the very nostrils of Adam. He walked with them in the cool of the day, and yet, though God's desire was to be with us, Adam and Eve, in temptation, broke the relationship with him. Fortunately, that's not the end of the story, God's story with us. In Genesis, I came to read that God approaches the patriarchs Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and calls them to be his children, Israel. God is with them in Egypt. He was in the midst as he led them to by de in the desert by a cloud of day and a column of fire by night. He is with them at Mount Sinai as he gives out the com commandments and the covenants, and he lays, be he lays before them uh, that he wanted them to follow. He is with them in the tent of the tabernacle with his presence known by the cloud that hung over the tent when he was there. God's presence was known through the voices of the prophets, the Ark of the Covenant, and the manna that fell each morning. Even with all the Israel's brokenness, rebellion, and lies, God was still with us. He never walked away. And what I have come to know and believe, and what Israel and many even today fail to understand, is that God is with us because God wants to be with us. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, I learned that God also has a plan for us. Over 700 years before Christ was born, in 735 B.C., and even with all the evil Israel had done before God, God sends the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz of Judah. Now, King Ahaz did not follow in some of the ways of David. He did evil in the eyes of God. His heart was not seeking after God, but for himself. He even sacrificed 
wanted his children, his son, to a pagan god. And when he was confronted by the impossible attack by two kings, King Reason of Syria and King Pekah of northern Israel, he freaked out. He freaked out so much he was so afraid that he even decided to go to the king of Assyria, who was his enemy, to see if he would fight with him instead of asking God for help. And yet, God in his faithfulness sent the prophet Isaiah to tell the king Ahaz, to tell King Ahaz that he need not fear that both kings were burned two burned out embers and that that invasion will never happen and it will never take place. And these are the words that Isaiah brings to uh, King Ahaz. Later, the Lord sent his message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Has that to ask him if you have to have a sign to believe, then ask. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, the difficulty for King Ahaz was that he was not thinking fourth dimensionally. I mean, where's Doc Brown when you need him to explain this? God's story with us spans the past, the present, and the future. King Ahaz saw only the present, and he was always in fear, and he did not trust God and the power of God's promises. Still, God upheld his covenant. And in an act of faithfulness and steadfast love, he sends a sign, a promise that God will now be in our midst, of the, in the midst of Israel, by sending his son who becomes both human and divine. Please understand that. He's not human or divine. He's human and divine. Now, in Jesus, God could be touched, seen eye to eye, laugh with, cry with, and love together. God in Christ, Emmanuel, is God with us. That I needed to hear and understand. You see, King Ahaz couldn't understand that because he only had his fears. He could not hear what the voice of God was trying to say to him. I have come to learn that God wants to speak to us, but often we hear only what we have allowed ourselves to hear. You see, fear deafens our hearts and minds to the voice and truth of God. King Ahaz's fear robbed him and Israel of a deeper relationship with God. So I ask you, what about our fears today? Does it deafen our, our ears to the voice of God? In contrast, we read in the book of Matthew of a man named Joseph. He was engaged to be married to Mary, but before the marriage, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man, but he was conflicted about what he should do with Mary. Stoning was a punishment for an unwed mother, but his love for her made him conflicted. 
And so we read these words in a dream that was given to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message from long ago, a promise made long ago through his prophet Isaiah that said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So, in contrast to King Ahaz, who was deaf to God, Joseph listened to God, and his love of Mary overcame his fears. That's what love does, my friends. It overcomes our fears. It strengthens our hearts so we can receive the truth of God. Can you imagine the witness Joseph made in his community? He had the right to divorce or stone Mary, but instead he sacrificed his standing among others for the one he loved. I wonder, do we love sacrificially for God? for the sake of others as well. Isn't that what God asked Jesus to do? To have sacrificial love for us? God sent his own son, I've come to learn, in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declares an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus becomes like us so we can become like him. Let me say that again. Jesus becomes like us so we can become like him. But it does come with a price. It is the sacrifice of a will that God is calling us to. And isn't that what Jesus is asking of us too? A sacrificial love for him, to sacrifice not our, our will for him. While at St. Luke, I am thankful that Bob Ackerman, long ago, encouraged me to memorize scripture. And one of the scriptures that is etched on my heart is Galatians 2.20. If you ever, if you can, write it down, Galatians 2.20. It's one that, believe me, you need to read and understand and memorize, for it will change your life, and it changed mine long ago. And so I'm going to ask you if you would read this with me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Read those words again, not now, later on. Read it later on today, and look at those words for your life. You see, the most precious gift God places within us is our will. That's what I came to understand. He grants us a choice. Keep our self-will or give our will to God. The self-will has no place before God because we don't look to him. We don't walk with him. It only deafens our hearts and our minds to hear and obey God. We can't hear it. We can't obey him because we are caught up in ourselves. It destroys our connection. You see, in selfishness, we become our definition of God. Does that sound foolish? Are there selfish people out there? I challenge you 
If you don't believe that that makes, not makes you a God, look at the people around you in your life and count the number of gods you have around you even today. To be crucified with Christ and I no longer live is what God desires for our will. It can only come about when we become before God on our knees like Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we say for ourselves, as he did, take my life, Father, take my will, Father, and let your will be done in my life. It's a complete act of sacrifice of self. It's becoming a living sacrifice, a commitment to do what is right and pleasing before God. And God is well pleased when we do that. Well, uh, since I mentioned commitment, when I think of the word commitment, I think back to my days living in Michigan. Uh, my family and I uh, were from Flint, Michigan. I'm sure you've heard that time and time again. Well, since I'm on the east side of Michigan, we go to Lake Huron. Now, uh, Pastor Brian and his family are from the west side of Michigan, and they usually go to Michigan. And I say the Huron's the better lake, anyhow. But Lake Huron is a deep lake. And uh, late in, we usually went in late in summer, hoping that it would warm up a bit. But to tell you the truth, it never really does. It really is cold. I think when you get 62 degrees in water, you're thinking, wow, we got a heat wave here. They are large, deep lakes that look like oceans. And they are awesome to look at. But what is also interesting to look at are the people who come to the lake. And over the years, I've come to realize that there are three types of lake people. There are the ones who stand at the shoreline and look out and would say, boy, that water looks cold, and never commit themselves to experience the lake. They just stand there and watch. Then there are the ones who barely commit themselves and just dabble their toes in it to see how cold it is. And then when they start to wade in, for just a moment, they go, oh! And they quickly run out complaining, man, that is cold. And they never go back in. Then there are those of us who want to swim. And so we fully commit ourselves by jumping in with both feet. Now that is a real true commitment. Because for when you do that, you have to immerse yourself quickly so you can get used to the water. Because it is cold. It really is cold. But after a short time, you get used to it. And that's the hard part. The hard part of it is, though, once you're in, you don't want to get back out because then you really freeze again. Well, there is a scene that I love to use about commitment from the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? There are three prison escapees, maybe you know their names, Everett, Pete, and Delmar, who come across a large group of people coming to a lake to be baptized. And as they stand on the shore watching the baptism, Delmar is overcome with a desire to be baptized, and he jumps in with both feet and moves quickly to the pastor. And then as he rises up from being immersed, he turns to his buddies, who are still standing on the shore, and he says to them, Come on in, boys. The water's fine. You see, Delmar was willing to commit himself to the grace of God. However, Everett and Pete were comfortable in their comfort, not willing to commit themselves to the grace of God. Sadly, there are many comfortable people in the world, even today, 
who haven't a clue what they are missing in God's grace. They are like King Ahaz, who would stand at the lake or dabble his toe in the water of God's grace, but never jump in. Or there are those of us, like Joseph, whose love committed himself to be completely immersed into the will and grace of God for the love of God and of Mary. So I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is God's ultimate plan for us. And it's critical for you to understand who you are with God in Christ. The baby Jesus we worship at Christmas came not only to walk with us and live in our midst, but he came to dwell with us. And this was like mind-blowing, like for me. When Jesus indwells within us, we become one in the kingdom of God. And the very creation power of God is now within us. We now have eternal life. We will not experience the death so many fear. We just keep going. We close our eyes in one and open them up in the other. But we are eternal with God. But we have to come to the realization that God is present within us and wants to be with us in all that we do, all that we say, and all that we are. He wants to be uh, in our conversation we run through our mind and the struggles that we have in our hearts. He wants to be the means by which his spirit can transform our brokenness so that we can fully connect with his spirit. And by his spirit, we can become in the image of Christ. Why all of this? so that Christ may do through us his work in others, so that they too may experience the indwelling presence of Christ and inherit eternal life. Oh, God has a plan for us. My friends, Jesus fully committed himself to jump into the lake, and he's calling you to jump in too. And once you are in, he doesn't want you to get out, for this is his desire, that the life we live in the body we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave his life for us. In May of 1987, I was 33 years old. I just started attending St. Luke. We, uh, we came to St. Luke um, on a Christmas Eve night because I kept feeling like we needed to be here. Well, I didn't know this was actually a church until they put the steeple on in December of 1986. And we went, oh, there's a church there. Seriously. And so we came in that, that night. And um, while, I was, uh, while I was attending, Sue Lord, the choir director then, came to my house one day. And unknown to me, she came to share the gospel, the good news of Christ. Now, I did not know Jesus. I came to know there was a God but I didn't know this Jesus. I knew, I heard the name Jesus, and I knew there was a manger, and there was a cross, but I had no clue what they meant. And besides, Jesus sounds like the number two guy. You know, here's God, then there's Jesus. And I only deal with the number one guy. I don't do the number two guy. What importance could he have? So, to get her out of the house, because she kept sitting there, I asked her this question. Who is Jesus? I thought, that's a good one, right? And simply put, 
Sue shared that God asked Jesus to bear the cross that bridged the broken relationship of sin in us from a right relationship with God. God in Christ himself bridges between God and us. Wow, I guess he's more than just number two. In Jesus, we can have a relationship with God. And when I heard that, seriously, my friends, I've always longed to share this here at St. Luke. When she said that and when I understood that, all of a sudden, scales fell from my eyes. And I realized all of a sudden that there was another world out there besides the one that I had made for myself. There was another world, another existence. And I was overwhelmed about what, what that was like. And just as I'm getting over being overwhelmed, I hear these words within me. Jerry, remember that night when you were a little girl and you were crying tears and you were reaching out? What you felt was me. That was me. Remember all those times when throughout your elementary, junior high, high school, and even early college years, whenever you had stopped and looked up at me? That was me in the sky. That was me. Don't you understand? I have been with you all the time. You were never alone, and you never will be. God was with me, and I am truly loved. And now in my journey, I completely began to understand that my journey wasn't the journey I created. It's the journey I have with God who loved me and then his son gave himself for me. And as I understood that at that moment, I, I was committed and I committed my life. I jumped in with both feet and that very evening began to read the Bible. In fact, my kids came home from school and they wanted a snack and I was still writing, reading the Bible that Sue gave me. And I said, I'll get with you in a moment. And a little bit later on, said, are we going to have dinner? Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. I just want to feel it. I was so caught up in this Bible. So let me recap what I understand. In God's great story reveals to us that God with us in the past walked with Israel so, so he could be revealed. God with us in the present becomes God in Christ who lives within our hearts. And then, the best is yet to come, God with us in the future reveals the completion of God's story. In three uh, God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and us, are now one in the bond of love. For eternity, in his presence, God actually is. And when we come to him that moment, he wipes a tear from our eyes as we are excited about the new resurrected buddies that we have and the life of eternity with God. So I want to ask you some of these four questions that I then ask myself throughout my journey. How often do we talk with God as one who resides within us? How often? Do you only do it when you have to? Or do you do it when you want to? Or when he's calling you to? How often do we make decisions without consulting his will for us? Amen. And then cry to him when our decisions don't work out. I ask, have you truly reached out to be with God as God is trying to reach out to you to be with you? And are you being transformed in the image of God? Today, this day, has been a blessing for me to share with you my journey that began long ago. But I am truly thankful that the Lord never gave up on me and that he led me here to St. Luke 
so that I, um, because I am thankful for the community of believers here at St. Luke, who in love answered my questions, challenged me, and even encouraged me in my call to become a Methodist pastor. And I am thankful for Lindsay Davis, who was my first pastor and who was here, who took the time to really listen to my questions and to really encourage me as I, as I came to understand more and more. My friends, this is what a community of faith does. It loves one another as we walk together and commit ourselves to our journey in God's great story. Well, I still think of the earth and that Apollo 8 mission. And I still look into space and marvel at the moon, the stars, the planets, and the meteors. And I still think about where my journey was long ago when I said, is God with us? Now I know with all my heart, soul, and mind, God's presence doesn't hover, hover over the earth. God in Christ immersed himself into our world to walk among us and within us, to reach out so that he could reach out through us, the lost, the broken, the lonely, and the unloved in this world, and to reside in the hearts of all of those who will commit themselves as he calls out to all of us, come, follow me. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that from this glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of the life and power that God that comes from God. And all God's people said, Amen. Part. I have longed to do communion at, at the church that I became a Christian in. And so as we prepare for Holy Communion, I offer this greeting for you, for, and you, I offer this greeting, and you are invited to reply with me. The Lord be with you. Also Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We give you thanks, O God, to your beloved servant, Jesus Christ. It is he whom you have sent in these last times to save us and redeem us and to be the messenger of your will. He is your word, inseparable from you, through whom you made all things and in whom you take delight. You sent him from heaven into the virgin's womb, where he was conceived and took flesh, born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin. He was revealed as your son. In fulfillment of your will, he stretched out his hands in suffering to release from suffering those who place their hope in you. And so he won for you a holy people. Of his own free choice, he was handed over to his passion in order to make an end of death 
and to shatter the chains of the evil one, to trample underfoot the powers of hell and to lead the righteous into light and to establish the boundaries of death and to manifest the resurrection. And so, taking the bread and giving thanks to you, O God, our Lord Jesus Christ said, Take and eat. This is my body, which will be broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, This is my blood, which will be shed for you. When you do this, do it in memory of me. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we offer you now this bread and this cup, thankful that you have counted us worthy to stand in your presence and show you priestly service. We entreat you to send your Holy Spirit upon the offering of the, whole, of the Holy Church, gathering to one all who share in these sacred mysteries, filling them with the Holy Spirit and confirming their faith in the truth, that together we may praise you and give you glory through your servant, Jesus Christ. All honor and glory is yours, Father and Son, with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Catholic Holy Church, now and forevermore. Amen. While Christ was whole and we were broken, while Christ was whole and we were broken, Christ was broken that we would be made whole. Christ was full and we were empty. Christ emptied himself that we would be made full. I'd like to invite those serving to come forward, and as they do so, I'd like to offer some instruction. Here at St. Luke, we celebrate an open table, which means you do not have to be a member of this church to receive communion. Simply come by faith, desiring to know and to follow Jesus. When you come, come with open hands to receive the bread. The bread will be placed in your hands, and then dip the bread into the cup and as you do, remember the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ for you and the sacrifice that he has put once for us. There will be three stations for our communion service today, one in the center and one on either side. If you prefer gluten-free elements, please go to the station in the center and simply let one of our servers know. May I now please come. <laughs> 